Hello and welcome to Speaking from Water, episode 37. I am with Janina Zettler, and she is a premier river surfer, ocean surfer. She is uh, forging a new ground in, in how to operate in this world as a professional athlete. And we are super excited today to talk with her about water and how she responds to it and what motivates her in this world of uh, water sports. Uh, Janina Zeitler, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> well, we're super excited to have you here. And let's just get right to it because you come from a, a place where um, surfing culture, in, in my mind, I never even knew Germany had uh, surfing culture. So um, can you kind of let us uh, in on the surfing culture in Germany? So actually, there's a pretty big surfing culture in Germany, especially in Munich, because that's where it all started. We have a wave called Eisbach. So I feel like surfing in Germany is actually a pretty big thing. I mean, more the rapid surfing or wave pool surfing. Um, and that's also how I started or how I learned how to surf was on a small river wave in Germany. Um, yeah, this is where it all began. <laughs> so who, who were some of the first people to get into the, the river surfing? And how, how does the river actually flow and work? And what makes the body of water itself unique uh, from other rivers out there? So it's completely different to ocean surfing. The water comes from the front. And it's basically a wedge where the water breaks on top. So it's a standing wave. That means the wave is constantly at the same height, same position, which is pretty good or allows you to train certain tricks. Um, you can just jump in the wave. The wave is always there. Um, but yeah, there's no paddling, no currents, no nothing. Um, but once you're standing on the wave, the feeling is pretty similar to the ocean, um, just that you don't have to paddle in a wave, basically. <laughs> And, and how were you inspired to, to get a surfboard and, and get on this standing wave? So when I was growing up, surfing wasn't really a big thing. It was more the skiing because I grew up in the Alps. Um, but yeah, I saw together with a friend, the film Soul Surfer with Bethany Hamilton. And that kind of inspired me to, to start it and buy a surfboard. Um, so since I didn't have an ocean, for me it was the river that I wanted to, to start learning how to surf. Um, yeah, that's basically what inspired me. And, and how old were you? I think I was 12, like I just turned 12. Awesome. So uh, before before you uh, were, were focused on surfing, before you were inspired by Bethany, and were you in the mountains snowboarding or was skiing your thing? H how did you uh, operate in the environment growing up? before 12? So I was always skiing, um, just tried snowboarding a couple of times, but I was in a ski race team. So basically alpine skiing, I think that's the English word. Um, so yeah, I was every weekend um, on the slopes and just training, doing competition. So also there, this competitiveness already was a part of my life growing up. Um, but yeah, it was basically every free time I had, I was on the mountains. Were your parents into skiing? Are they big skiers? Oh, yes. They were also into skiing. Um, but before they went into skiing, they were more like into snowboarding. So funny, actually, that I became more like a skier. But then once I started skiing more, they also got hooked on it. But no, they were super supportive and it was also their hobby. So it was kind of cool that we shared a passion as a family. Um, so, yeah, I was really lucky. And, and what what is it like uh, being a kid in the Alps? Uh, I have some young children myself, and we we are not around snow. Um, I assume that, that snow is part of your life. What what were some um, some early uh, memories you have of, of the snow? Well, snow is a pretty big thing in Munich, um, where I grew up. So yeah, it's super magical. You know, it's um, when there's like thick snow and like a lot of it. It's it's really nice. So it's always something I was super excited as a kid. Um, now I'm actually not that much in the snow anymore, but as soon as I'm in winter in Munich, I'm, I get really excited. It kind of brings up all these childhood memories, you know, from skiing. So yeah, it's magical. <laughs> did, did you grow up in the countryside or is it an urban environment there? 
So I live like in a suburb of Munich. I don't live directly in the center. So it's like 20 minutes in the heart, like away from the heart of Munich. And did you have any uh, any waterfalls that, that you would visit? Um, well, there is some lakes around Munich, but it takes like an hour drive and there's like super beautiful lakes with waterfalls and stuff. But but it's not directly next to my house. It takes like a one hour drive. So give us the story. The first day you walked up to this, this river that changed your life. What, what were the, what were the people like, what was happening and what did you see that really got you super stoked? So actually it, it's not that magical, the story, because the first time I tried to surf in the river, it was so weird. A feeling that I cannot describe right now. Um, it was far away from something I have ever felt. And it took me, I would say, almost half a year to really get into it. I, I mean, I was younger and just did it like on weekends, um, but it took me a while to figure it out. But then um, it just made like the click and I, I really also started progressing faster. Uh, but since I was very young, I don't remember every detail, but something that I do remember was the first time I was surfing the Eisbach, like the famous wave, because it's something very dangerous and like everyone is there. It's the hotspot, basically. Um, so since everyone told me it's very dangerous, I, I was a little bit scared in the beginning and I was watching the wave like for hours and just like seeing how other people are doing it, just not to get hurt. And it was like at Sundays and it was lunchtime. So it was like where all the locals were there. And I remember they were just allowed me to try it like two times. And then they said, okay, like come another time. But I was super scared. And then I jumped in the water and it got me really excited. Um, but then I think it didn't take long that the locals also realized, okay, she knows what she's doing. She's progressing fast. So I think I never really had any problems anymore, but it was just the first time that they were like, I just tried like two times and then that's it for today. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you have a new movie out, Flow Like Water, and there's a clip in that movie where you, I, you look like you're 12, you're in a full wetsuit and you just pop on that on that standing wave and, you, and you're, you're, you're going for it. It's a very, very cool, cool uh, clip that, that you have. Um, how close was it to your house? And like, did you go there every day after school to learn or was it like a one, once a weekend type of thing? I'm just thinking for the kids out there who, you know, want to progress and get motivated at something. It seems like, um, you know, you, you might have to have it close by. How, how uh, what was your scheduling and kind of who was, who was the person who took you? So I was always together with my family, like my parents took me and it was, I think, yeah, like 20 minutes from my house. And in the beginning, I just came weekends. And since I was still skiing, I was kind of balancing one weekend, you go skiing, one weekend, you go surfing. And then in the winter times, it was anyway, super cold. So the first year I would say I was really inconsistent. But then I got better and really excited. And then I would say I kind of quit skiing and really went every weekend. Once I got better, I would say it was like the weekends. And then on top after school, I would go like three, four times a week. Um, so then it got more intense and I went more often. And then when I did contests, I really went every day after school, still super late because then also the rapid wave pools came like the city waves where you could surf indoors that was perfect for me to train just because i could do it when it was dark um like at 9 uh, p.m or something so yeah it was a tough time actually and your your parents seemed like they were were super um uh they, they gave you this opportunity they're supportive give a little shout out to them and, and tell us like kind of what their mindset was. Cause it's a foreign thing probably to them. They, they want you to be the skier. You're, you're putting your time into competition and, um, and were they very uh, uh, supportive in your, in your, in your decision? So my parents were always super supportive, no matter which sport I wanted to do. And it was skiing. They were fully into it. And they also respected the decision to say, Hey, I want to do something new, something different. So I feel like, whenever it was something to do with sports, they were always supportive. I think if I would be maybe like doing party or doing this, they would not be like that supportive. 
So I feel like there was always a mutual understanding. Um, but yeah, also now they, they supported me going through this different road that no one really took before, but um, they're always there when, when they think this is something that motivates me, that is my dream, they would always support me and that I'm really grateful for. Yeah, I want to dive deep into, into the, the the ocean here in a second, but the, this river stuff is is so fascinating to me. Yeah, sure. You you, uh, you have a um, this love of competition. There's it sounds like already competition set up, uh, and and you step on the scene. Um, what made you say, "Hey, this is now where I want to be"? And what was it about the river that made you so stoked? Like. You're once moving forward on a mountain. Now you're standing still. Uh, explain kind of like your uh, emotional difference there in physics. So for me, the competitive surfing was never really a goal. It was just more something that I slided into. But afterwards, I was really happy. Um, in the beginning, it was more, okay, I wanted to compete or like take part in this contest because you would get training times on this super cool wave so that's why i participated just to get more time and have more surf um so that was my motivation but then i also surfed together with kids in my age and that motivated me even more it was exciting um and yeah so that's basically how this whole contest surfing started but once you're in this scene and you do these contests and there's more and um, when I started, there was just one or two, and the better I got or more progressed, also the whole sport progressed more. So there were more contests, there were leagues um, and tours. So I feel like I grew as, as an athlete myself, but also the sport grew for itself. Incredible. And so just for uh, listeners out there who might uh, not, not have seen you surf, you have a very fluid style, and I, I, uh, I wonder how um, did you develop that on on the standing wave, and what um, what did the standing wave do that that made that style come about in you? So I think I'm always a very powerful girl. There was already in skiing like this, and just overall in sports, I feel like I tend to be very powerful. Um, but I feel like this rapid style that I have that grew also with surfing more in the ocean, because in the beginning I had a very rapid stance, which means your upper body is very tense down or um, you just don't have these style elements that you use in the ocean. So in the beginning, my style was not like it is right now. So I feel like once I started surfing also more in the ocean, I just took this style and like transformed it a little bit into the rapids, if that makes sense. So I feel like this whole style that you see now of, of me surfing in the pool developed with my whole story and surfing oceans and rapids. So, so cool. So when was it that you were, um, you, you said to yourself, I need to get to the beach. And what, what part of that trajectory of river surfing did that kind of come into your mind and become a goal of yours? I mean, since from the very first moment, it was the movie Soul Surfer that inspired me. I always knew there's something else than just rapid surfing. Um, so it was, I think, a year or one and a half years after I started surfing that I first got introduced into ocean waves, which was a very humbling experience, I would say, because you start from zero. I couldn't even pedal, like you have huge boards and stuff. So this was also for me a challenging situation. I thought I know already how to surf and you just get thrown into cold water. But yeah, I mean, I really got excited with the feeling of doing something different, being in the ocean, connected, like it's just a different feeling um, that really, yeah, was driving me and I wanted to do it more often. So I was using every free time I had um, and our family vacation was always to destinations where we could surf. So I feel like this is how this whole ocean surfing started, um, that I really used every holidays before we were always in windsurfing holidays. And then my family just switched into surfing destinations. Um, that was pretty cool. <laughs> so what was the what was the beach and what was the first surfing session that you you spent time with and, were, and got introduced to the ocean that way? What, uh, take us there and, and give us that story. 
I think for a girl that grew up in Germany, you don't even have an understanding how powerful the ocean is. So the first time I, I went to the ocean, my parents said, oh, like, just see the shore break just to understand, like, what does a wave? So I feel like that was such a different thing to me or so new that I didn't even know how the ocean works really, like how powerful can be a little wave be. So I think that was my first impression. I would also say I was a little bit scared just in general of currents and um, being so far out. Like, I mean, I was like 13 years old. So um, that was my first impression, I would say. But then as you start getting better, you start getting more comfortable and you get experience. So then this, oh, I have respect for the ocean when more, ah, oh, this is something new. I want to get better, motivated. So I think it's all a story, a, a process. But the first impression was a little bit, yeah, tricky. Like I was scared. What 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 beach was that, and what were the conditions? So it was Hossegor. I mean, it's oh yeah, famous, yeah, <laughs> famous sick. beach. Um, it was in France, and I mean, the condition was super tiny, just white water washed, like really beginner, beginner. But um, yeah, for me, it was already like huge in my mind, at least. <laughs> But I think if you're like 13 years old and you've never been really in, in waves, I think everything is intimidating. Absolutely. And what, what board did you take out in that first session? I don't remember. I think it was like a soft top. But then the second surf, I already took something way smaller. I think a 6.0 or something. I don't remember. But I was also super tiny, you know? Yeah. And I'm thinking like, did you take your riverboard to the beach or did you have a different setup when you when you got oh, there? No. no, no, no. Because my riverboards are really small. I was surfing like a 5.0. So imagine if you're like a beginner. Um, I think that's not the best idea. So that was never my thought. I always knew I had to also change my equipment. Um, also easier to pedal and stuff. So I took different equipment. And you, you, you come back, time progresses, you, you make it a point to get to the, to get to the beach and, and your, your career just, just goes up. What, when was it um, that you started having really great success in, in the ocean and how, how long was that, was that span of time and how much did you put in, into that part? It's actually hard to really define when was the turning point. I think it was all a process. Um, the more time I spend in the water, so I would say, yeah, 2018, this was also when I had like really coaching sessions and really started putting a little bit more effort, not just, hey, I'm going to jump in the water, like really think about what you're doing and analyzing it. So I feel like that was a little bit a turning point, but um of course, then I think the first QS event that I've ever done was in 2019. So at 2018, I was already way, way, way better than I started, obviously, because I feel like then I could also transcend the rapid surfing, the turns I did there in the pool to the ocean. And of course, I got stronger and I learned how to read the ocean. So when everything aligned, I feel like that's really where I would say a turning point was. And you mentioned your coaches. Uh, what what kind of advice did they give you that really um, got you to excel quickly? Like what, what what were some key key points? So I mean, the first coaching I also got when I was doing some competitions. So I feel like for them it was almost important to tell me the basics about contest surfing. Um, like it started with priorities. It started with um, okay, 20 minutes, how many waves, are, like a heat or something like that, symbolizing heat. So this was kind of the first coaching experience I had um, before when I started really this, this whole process. I never really had a coach for technical, um, technical things um, that only came after. So, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about the ocean and what it is about the ocean that is so special to you? Um, well, there's a lot to say, but uh, I would definitely say just being connected to the water and that every wave that you ride is somehow different. That's something that attracts me on surfing because you don't have this in the pools. Every wave is similar or the same, basically. You can just jump in. So I feel like 
every surf session, you never know what you can expect. Like always this incognito, oh, how is the waves gonna be? Like this checking the forecast, this is just something that excites me because it's, as I said, every, every wave, every session is so different. And this time of, um, of going on onto the, the, the pro tour, um, how, how did that come about as far as, um, your, uh, your decision to, to step into that, that high level arena? I feel like it was also because I did some national contests and just this whole competitive surfing, like really got me more. So then of course the next next level of competition was the QS. Um, that's when I started in 2019. In the beginning, it was just for fun, just to learn or get experience. But I would always say, I, for me, it felt like I'm a little bit the black sheep because I'm the only one that comes from this background and this whole circuit. So um, even though a lot of girls that were surfing or competing with me didn't even really know my background, it always felt to me that I'm different, which is also can be positive, but that's just my first impressions of like the European QS tour. And where, where are these uh, events uh, held? Like what, what is does your circuit of uh, coast look like as far as the, the places you're going? So it was, um, I mean, the European tour is mostly France. So we had Anglet, Lacano, but also UK, Cornwall, and then um, Spain, Pantene, um so it's all around the coast the atlantic coast and what are your what are your excuse me what waves are are you most uh stoked to to be in um well the perfect wave that i could surf is definitely like a point break um maybe double overhead and offshore conditions not much crowd i think these are everybody's dream conditions <laughs> And and uh, um, your movie Fl Flow Like Water is uh, is out right now, um, and there's a lot of amazing footage of, of you in that film. Where where was that film uh, shot? So this was shot last winter in the Canary Islands. Um, yeah, a lot of people ask me because the footage looks so different, but and ask me, oh, was that in the tropics? But I said, no, I have a wetsuit on. It's actually the Canaries, but the water looks super clear, so maybe that's the reason why. <laughs> Is, is that one of your favorite go-to spots to kind of post up and, and uh, get focused on your, your skills? I think the Canaries is definitely a place I like to spend my time and train. Um, it's really diverse. You have beach breaks, you have reef breaks. It's an island. So one side is onshore, the other side is offshore. So I feel like for training purposes, it's really nice. And it's also close to my hometown, Munich. So I can visit my parents. My parents can visit me. So I think it's it's perfect to train, honestly. And what what would be your uh, your second favorite uh, destination besides the Canaries to to go and, and post up? I mean, definitely something tropical or more far away. I really enjoyed Costa Rica, but a destination that I never been to is like Menta wise. I think this would be like a boat trip or something would be super cool. But I also really enjoy the summer in France. Somehow the waves are always fun and uh, warm water. So this is also something I really like. That, that uh, is, is such a, um, a, an amazing thought of coastal France in the summertime. Can you bring us to that aesthetic as far as uh, what that's like uh, being there and enjoying um, French culture uh, along with waves? Yeah, France is my go-to place in the summer, not only because of the contest, but also when I started surfing, it was always a place that I really liked. You have great waves, um, not much wind, and that's also not easy to find in summer places that have good waves and not so much wind. Of course, it's a little bit crowded, but um, the water is warm, so you can surf also in a bikini, which kind of gives you the tropical feeling, but it's still in Europe. Um, and yeah, it's basically a hotspot Everyone is there, you, you meet friends, the people from the QS tour are training there, you can have trainings groups. So it's it's really fun, honestly. So the, the waves there in France, from what I've seen in pictures, they have, you know, the nice beach breaks, they pitch really hard. Uh, it seems like hopping up to your feet was probably the biggest learning curve going from the river to the ocean. Can you kind of speak to that uh, process of, of, well, first, you know, you have to know 
understand the ocean and see the wave coming, but just that process of getting to your feet as opposed to uh, what you grew up doing. Yeah, so, I mean, I already mentioned before, it's it's really different. You don't have in the rapids this whole net, net natural aspect. So you really are in currents in the ocean. You have, um, yeah, it's just so different. So I feel like sometimes and still now I struggle a little bit to have this, how do you say, like sniff for waves. You know, my boyfriend, he's not a pro, but he grew up in the ocean and um, he kind, kind of reads waves better than I do just because he spent more time like in the ocean. So this is something I can still feel now that I still have to get a little bit more connected to the waves, to the water. Um, but I'm sure with more time and um, experience, you, you get that. But this is always something that reminds me a little bit of my background of, of me surfing in the rapids, just this whole different aspect that you have to, yeah, understand the water, you know? Totally, absolutely. And the, as, as you go to these different beaches, um, a, a few weeks ago, um, we had uh, 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 Garage uh, McCabe on, on the program from um, Ireland. And his whole deal is, is, you know, huge. He's also a rip curl surfer. I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah, you know, know, you know yeah, yeah, totally. So he's, his whole thing is slabs, um, which is super gnarly, as you know, uh, how, yeah. how do you feel about like going up that, that ladder? Is that, is that a kind of wave that you aspire to enter someday or where, where do you see, um, I guess your, your path as a, as an athlete in, in th these types of you know, pushing the limits into more consequential situations. That's something I'm actually working on right now. I feel like I'm, I mean, the Canaries have pretty gnarly waves and pretty powerful, but um, also stepping a little bit out of the comfort zone, getting barreled, like all these things, that's what I'm working on right now, because I feel like this is something that I complete my surfing a little bit more, um, stepping out of the comfort zone. Um, but yeah, in the beginning, honestly, I was a little bit, or not afraid, but I had respect of reef. So, I mean, the Canaries is just reef almost. I mean, there's a few beach breaks, but you kind of have to get used to reef. Um, so yeah, it's something I'm definitely tapping in right now. And you, you have a, 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 like I said, a great sponsor there in Rip Curl. Um, how did you get up with them? Just for advice for the young kids out there in this world of uh, uh, new media to uh, to advance their own brand. And, um, and how is Rip Curl as a sponsor? Well, Ripcurl supported me or started sponsoring me when I was still a rapid surfer. It was in 2018, which I actually really appreciate because Ripcurl is a brand that is just into ocean surfing. So for them to sponsor a girl that surfs rapids was pretty cool for that time. Um, so I was just sponsored from the, the German part, you know. And then as I started more surfing in the ocean, I got into the Ripcurl Europe team. Um, and they're really supportive. I, I'm really grateful to be part of this family. Um, it's a really close team. We're super good with everyone and um, do a lot of projects. So it's really nice to have a brand on your side that um, respects your values or um, is super proud to also to show your story and show that you're different. So I'm, I'm really happy. How much has the wetsuit changed from when you were 12 to today? I mean, the sizes, first of all, the most thing, but no, just in general, the quality, um, it's, it's a huge difference. I've just tried a few new wetsuits, the Fusion, and it's just another level. Like you almost feel you have no wetsuit on. Um, so back in the days, it was definitely a different quality than now. So you, you have this amazing uh, media presence. You know, you, I go to your Instagram feed, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, it's very blue and white. It, it's um, a lot. I can tell. I can feel a lot of thought has gone on into it. Um, I'm sure it, you've evolved over time uh, uh, in your, I guess, view of how to, to pre present yourself to prevent your. Excuse me, present yourself as a professional athlete. Um, can you tell us about that evolution and um, maybe some some advice for for the kids? Yeah, so this part of uh, content creation or social media is honestly a passion of mine. I really like creating and so does my boyfriend. So I feel like we both put a lot of thought into it. He's the um, guy behind the camera. He does all my content. Um, so we have like a great team. 
Um, but I feel like if you're passionate about something and you really like doing it, then I feel like also the people on the cell phone can, can, can tell that there's effort and thought put into it. So yeah, I'm actually really lucky that it's something I like to do and I call my hobby too. So um, yeah, and with Mario as a, as a teamwork, it's super easy for us to create content. And, and you're mentioning your boyfriend, uh, Mario um, uh, Andra Andrade. Yeah, Mario Andrade. Yeah, so, so he has great work. And I, I look forward to possibly having him on the program here in the future to, to, to give his story. But what do you feel like when you guys teamed up, when you when he could help you get good good video, good photo, um, do you feel like that really like took you to the, 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 to the next level? Um, and kind of speak to like well, sure. the, the creation process of getting content. Um, for sure, that's when our whole setup changed. Um, I feel like you always, our brands always want something like special about you. And for me, it's that I have constantly someone creating content around me. It's super effortless. So I feel like that's also the part of Mario that we try to create content in a natural way that it's not um super forced um it's my daily life and Marius anyways on the beach with me so i think that makes the difference that someone is constantly with me and i think that's also attractive for companies because i don't have to hire another photographer i can produce everything in-house which is different to other athletes and what does the marketing process look like uh, from the athlete standpoint do the brands come to you do you talk to the brands uh, directly and solicit uh, how does that business relationship work so a lot of people contact me through email and um, then this whole process of negotiation start but um, there's also brands that maybe you would like to um, yeah just ask if there is a possibility for cooperation but usually the way how it works is that the brands just come to you directly or agencies or whatever yeah so um, I, I didn't catch at the start. Where are you right now? I'm in the Canary Islands right now. <laughs> sick, sick. So what, what's, a, what's a day in the life look like? So I'm always trying in the morning to get like a stretching in just to get the muscles warm. And um, I try to surf early mornings um, or just in general, try to get two sessions in a day. I'm also doing a lot of outside water training, physical training. Um, so, yeah, but I'm always trying to balance it that it's not overpaced. Um, I think recovery is also a big part of, of surfing. So I think right now I have a good balance. And uh, what what are you doing uh, when it's flat or is it ever flat in the Canary Islands? Well, it's actually never really flat, flat. But if it's flat, I like to go stand up paddling or just like exploring the beaches, snorkeling, swimming, just being outdoors. And do, do you do any um, uh, swimming, swimming face in the water? Like um... Not really swimming, swimming. No, but I mean, I'm actually trying now pool training, like really try to, to paddle better and swim. But in the ocean, I'm just there just for fun. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, speak kind of to, to the pool and what are you doing in the pool to, to up, uplift yourself? Yeah, so right now I'm actually doing, honestly, pedaling training because this is also something I want to better my technique. Um, so I'm honestly just pedaling sprints and filming it and just analyzing, okay, what could I do better? But also just with weights in the pool, walking. Um, yeah, but I would say nothing really special, just trying to be also active when there's no surf or something. And you'll take your surfboard into the pool? Yes, I, I take my surfboard into the pool and I can hook the leash around the skimmer of the pool. So you're like fixed on a position and then just paddling, like relaxed and then go into sprints. Um, that's actually also part of our physical tests um, for the Federation. We have like these medical tests. So this will be also a part of it. So I'm just trying to get my rhythm already. <laughs> nice. So you've, um, you've mentioned you're on the, the German national team how how uh, many other surfers are on this team um, and, and what does it look like and how is the Olympics um, uh, set up for you guys? So right now we have um, four girls on the main squad. One of them is me. 
And then we have two on the, um, how do you say, junior squad. And um, for ISA, there's just three spots. Right now, I'm the alternate spot, which is also one of my goals um, for the next years to become part of the main team. Because as you said, Olympia, this is um, like you have to do the world championships and you have to be part of the national top three spots. Um, so yeah, this is definitely something I want to work on. So that's a major goal. So will, will you be going to Tahiti to, to be an alternate? No, because right now no German surfer has qualified just yet. So there will be also no alternate. I don't even know how that works. So okay. um, but the world championships are now on the 18th of February in Puerto Rico. So for that, I'm alternate. So if any of the girls that are in the main squad get injured, then that's where I come to place. But then I would need to qualify for Olympia to be then able to surf in Tahiti, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. It does. Thank you for clarifying that. Did you say Puerto Rico? Exactly. Yeah. So you'll be going to Puerto Rico. Have you uh, have you been there? No, I'm, I'm not going there because it's just if someone gets injured. So they're not flying the alternates. I'm staying here in the Canaries. And if someone gets injured before I get a call and then I would fly. <laughs> now I understand. Uh, so so we're talking about the world. Where in the world? Um, uh, aside, um, I guess from the Matawis is is on your list. Do you want to go to the North Shore of Oahu, for instance? Um, what are some other spots that that you want to look to to hit up? Actually, Hawaii is also on my bucket list, uh, just because there's great waves and they also open a new uh, city wave, like the wave pools, and it's pretty big and different. So this is actually that that would be really cool. Mari and I were already speaking. You could do like some cool videos first, going to the city wave and then. And surfing the ocean i think that would be a cool transition yeah my, my nephew actually manages that in in uh he uh, ryan shanley shouts out he um he he has the, that that's his job he's at that standing wave every day and he's doing the 360 airs and i'm like uh these guys need to get up so i got i got your spot yeah. if you want to head out there yeah that would be cool i'll let you know <laughs> yeah so uh back to the mindset um i've i've uh in preparation, I did some reading and you've really uh, uh, worked with some sports psychologists to, to help your, I guess, um, uh, frame of mind. Can you speak to that and how that's helped you and what was said um, if, to, to get you to a higher, higher state? Yeah, so basically from the Federation, we have the support of having a sports psychologist, which is super helpful in the beginning I didn't even know that this is something I would need because I thought oh like I don't even need that like what is this even good for but once you tap into it it's actually crazy what your mind does to you um, the main goal of our work is just bringing the free surf into the competitive surfing just how that feels and, and how you move how you act your routines to then be able to um, do that also in a heat um, but all about confidence and um, yeah, it's actually been super helpful. I've been doing it now for two years and I can really see the results. Um, and once you're having a routine doing it, you can really open up and then it's when it's really helpful. And is it like mantra based? What are, what are they uh, teaching you? As I said, they're just teaching um, certain techniques um, to implement your free surf into your Ocean surfing, just, um, yeah, helping you, for example, visualization is now a point that I'm working on. Just try also outside of the water to, um, yeah, get this whole routine and uh, positive positivity into your surfing because there's also frustration in the water and all these negative thoughts. How can you switch all these negative thoughts into like positive thoughts that you were afterwards able to perform better? I think everyone knows the feeling when when you're frustrated, you're not catching waves, you get in this deep hole. How can can you get out of that? So yeah, these are things that I'm I'm working with her. And and can you give us an, a, an example of a, a heat maybe where where this happened, where you kind of were like down on yourself, but then you you came out of it with uh, positive thinking. I think. Um, I don't really have an example where I was negative and then uh, had the switch and went into a positive mindset. I can just have heats in my mind where everything aligned and you feel super positive from the beginning and your routines and everything is like flowing. 
So there was a heat um, in Spain um, in Pantine, but then you also have heats that you go into that you're already in the on the beach kind of lose the heat because you're just not there. So I feel like these are examples, but I never really had a heat where it was like negative and then just switched, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like you wake up that morning and boom, you're on. And yeah, and somehow there's like two different modes, you know, there's like one, the performing mode, and then there's one that is a little bit more stressed. So I'm trying to just show the performing version of me. That would be great. <laughs> and isn't that such the nature of the competitor? Because you, the, the day of competition, you don't control that. Uh, and, and you got to really train your mind to, to get to that, that place. Um, how, wh where does this uh, love of competition in you come from? Um, you know, I, I know a lot of very successful free surfers. They don't even want to even think about competition. What, what is it about the competition that you're just like, yes, this is it. I don't really know. I think it comes from back in the days when I was skiing, because that's how I grew up. So I feel like that was always in my blood. But to be honest, I feel like there's a lot of pressure in contest surfing. But for me, what motivates me is more the feeling after the contest when you did something great, you know, all these emotions, all the pressure goes away. So I feel like this is what drives me, you know, this feeling of winning or feeling of doing good. Um, I feel like the actual contest can be really stressful, um, but it's more the feeling afterwards. That that sense of accomplishment and, exactly, and the yeah. stoke Everything of it. Everything was worth it, all the sacrifices, all that. Um, yeah. Uh, can you take us to your, your greatest competition moment where things were just flowing so good and give us, give us that, that sense of how it, it, it was when you were doing the thing that was so amazing, whether it be like one of your 360 airs or your, like your huge slashes off the top. So in rapid surfing, I don't really remember a specific heat, but sometimes you have this that like the crowd is cheering for you. The crowd is very close in a rapid pool. So you really can feel the energy. Um, and somehow you kind of click in your mind and you get unstoppable, you know, and um, you take risks and you start also sticking things that you maybe wouldn't stick before. So I feel like suddenly everything aligns and um, you have so much adrenaline and then the people cheering for you. So I feel like that's really a moment when you think, okay, I'm unstoppable right now. So you can really feed off the audience in a, in a river setting. Exactly. I, I mean, you can feed off the audience in a positive way, but also in a negative way, which I've also experienced that there's other favorites in the pool and they really make you feel like they like someone else more. So they cheer more on other people. So that's also something when it comes into mind games, you know, you have to have a strong uh, mindset or a thick skin. Sometimes it's, it's a tough, tough sport um, when you can really see, okay, this exact person is cheering now for my competitor and not for me. So, you know, it's a, it's a mind game. <laughs> So then you go to the ocean and it's you, the competitor and, and nature, you know, everyone's on the beach. You don't even know what they're looking like or thinking. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, that's completely different. I feel like then you are your enemy, you know, like the, um, the nerves, oh, I just have this amount of time. I need more waves. Oh, hopefully I get the good wave. So I feel like suddenly all these thoughts come from yourself, not from other people. Um, but in general, I feel like the competitive surfing in the ocean is way more calm because you're with yourself. Um, it's not loud. It's like not so many people, as you said. So I feel like in general, I prefer competing in the ocean um, to competing in a rapids. So cool. And you're forging this, this ground that most people, no one really has. And you're giving the sense of possibility to so many young people. Um, first of all, how does that feel? Well, I mean, that's obviously my goal that I can inspire people. And if someone starts surfing because of me, that would be really cool. And that would make me really happy because then I accomplished the mission. But yeah, it was really hard for me when I started growing up that there's no one really doing it the way um, I'm doing it now. Um, so, of course, I always hope that 
showing people, hey, this, this is possible. You grow up in Munich and you can be a professional surfer. And now also with the wave pools, like the ocean wave pools um, that are coming in Munich, I think it's, it's going to change everything. And I'm really excited for that. And you speak of these ocean wave pools. We're talking about wave pools that have the, the swell moving uh, as opposed to the standing Yeah, waves, like correct? real waves. Exactly. I think in Germany or Munich comes the endless surf um, wave park or however you want to call it. So um, I think it's going to be open in summer this year. So I'm really excited to surf the first waves and just, yeah, have a new feeling of surfing in Germany. In your hometown. How incredible. That's so sick. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. <laughs> Have you had the opportunity to visit in, in any of these other wave pools? I've been in one to, uh, in UK, like Bristol. So that's, uh, that, I think that's the technology wave garden. That was really cool. But I feel like to be able to get the full experience, you need a few sessions because the first session is more, okay, this is how that works. And then it's already over. And then you're like, oh, now I know how it works. So let me surf now again. I feel like you need like one, two sessions to figure it out. And then it's really fun and helpful. So this is the one where the wave kind of goes against the wall and you got to, exactly. okay. Now, yeah, I, I haven't had the opportunity to, to surf that myself. Give us that feeling and what was so weird about it. Cause you know, you have the river experience, which is bizarre unto, unto me and you, the, the ocean experience. How, where does this merge in, in the pool? So it was already weird stepping into the water because it's a chlorine pool, no salt water. Um, that reminded me a little bit of the rapid surfing or on the city waves. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's a little bit weird because you're really close to the wall on the takeoff spot. So it's all concrete. So I feel like you, it's, it's weird. And you have like, oh, in 30 seconds comes the next wave or, you know, it's a, a little bit of rush in the ocean. You kind of have time, you see the set coming, you prepare, you know, you're on a good spot and there's like, just, okay, go. Um, but yeah, once you figure it out, there's like also marks. So you know how or where to position. So it's actually super easy, but if you just never did it before, I feel like it's like, okay, wait, how does that work? Um, so that was my first impression. Hopefully I don't fall on my first takeoff. <laughs> did, did, did you? No, I didn't, but I, oh, I was nice. scared. <laughs> did you fall on any of your takeoffs? I don't remember. I, I don't think so, actually. I don't think so. Because no. I'm wondering like the depth, if, if it's like surfing a reef. It's it's super shallow, especially on the inside. It's it's really shallow. I hit the bottom like one or two times. I mean, it was nothing bad, but it's shallow, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And, and you mentioned the aesthetic of feeling uh, the the chlorine in, in that environment. Let's talk about aesthetics. What what kind of water do you just like when you look at it, you love it and describe what that looks like to you? So for me, always glassy water is so aesthetic and um, super clear water. I really don't like murky water that is like choppy. I, I'm not so comfortable in it. And especially if I have to surf alone, I prefer if I can see the bottom, I can see what's around me and it's super clear. And, um, yeah. Nice. Um so what what is the uh the the next thing for you? What where do you wanna it's is it the Olympics? Is it a, a destination? What what are your 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 goals uh, in the next six months? So my competitive goals, I always say I take it step by step. So right now I'm preparing for my new QS season, um, which starts in summer. Um, so this is my main priority. But of course, then um once I'm on the competitions, my goal is to qualify for the Challenger Series. So be top four in Europe. Um, but yeah, as I said, step by step, if I qualify for the Challenger, then maybe I have new goals, etc. So I take it slow and I feel like whenever you accomplish like a little, um, a little goal, you will also succeed your end goal. Um, so yeah, I'm just taking it step by step and go with the flow. And uh, in regards to maneuvers, uh, what maneuver are you really working on right now that you're like, you're feeling? So right now I'm working on barrels. Um, this is something I never really tapped into. So this is one thing I'm working on. And second thing is um, air reverses because I do stick them in the river. So I know how the technique of a aerial works like or feels like. 
So that's just what I'm trying to transcend it from the rapids to the ocean. And for me, the difficulty more is okay to really find the pop in the water because in, in the rapids, there is no lip of the wave. So you kind of do it in the middle of the wave and in the ocean, you have to jump out of the lip. So this is a little bit tricky for me still, but I'm getting there. And this is really something I'm, I'm actively working right now. What are the spots around you where you're, you're finding really good barrels to work on? Um, there's a couple of like slabs or reef breaks here um, that I'm just spending now a lot of time on, but I'm also surfing normal beach breaks, sometimes just closeouts, um, just to get the entrance like trained or however you want to call it. Um, it's no make barrels, but you just kind of learn the, um, to, to get the technique. And sometimes it's a little bit intimidating doing that on a like shallow slab. Um, also when it's crowded, you don't get that much repetition so that's basically what i'm doing so you're, you're you're getting barreled a lot there's some people on this podcast listening in who, who might not have had this experience can you give them uh kind of uh the the second by second experience of what it feels like to be barreled i feel like i mean i never really had like a super thick barrel but the ones i got so far it's it's somehow like everything stops around you you're like in a different world um, and even like if it's super offshore, I feel like in the barrel itself, it feels so like the wind is stopped. It feels like a different day almost. Um, but yeah, the feeling is incredible. So that's why I'm also want to get barreled more often and um, getting better in it because it's really something that drives you. You get addicted to it, I think. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty good feeling. Yeah, I was checking out Mario's page. It looks like he's uh, been barreled a few times also. Has he been helping you out? Um, actually, Mario is not really so into into barreling, but he's like into or filming barrels. Uh, so he knows actually a lot just by looking at it all the time and seeing the spot. So he definitely can give me some tips. But I've been also working now with some locals here um, that surf like these reef breaks or slabs their whole life and know where to position and kind of help me with finding the right waves because that's sometimes not even so easy to really spot the waves that give you that barrel that you want to have so yeah <laughs> and how about the air reverses where are you going is that a different wave you're, you're setting out to in the canaries when you're looking to boost some airs not really i'm surfing my daily spots but i feel like it's all about sacrificing sometimes you have to go for an air reverse or an attempt when you also could do a sick turn so i feel like um, you can do it anywhere. You just sometimes have to sacrifice and say, okay, this ses session, I'm just trying now that turn or that air. Um, so that's what I've been doing, just sacrificing. And and that that's sick, that your, your turns, let me say, are just so sick. Like that was one of the most things that struck me most is how you blasted off the top. Like you kill that with so much power. And in the river, the same way. Now, here's my, my question. In the river, the water's coming at you, okay? And obviously, when you're surfing, you're going with the the, the, uh, the wave. The move you're doing is looking the same, but is the feeling any different? Yes and no. It's, it's so hard to explain. So I think my body weight is a little bit different. I, I say that because when I surf the pool a lot and I come into the ocean, I have to adapt quickly and like use my rail different. So I feel like there is a different of technique, but somehow I just learned from always changing, like the, from the pool to the ocean, ocean pool. I kind of adapted it and know how to do it that it in the end looks the same or feels the same then. But indirect, I'm maybe in the ocean or in the rapids, I'm having more uh, weight on my front foot. You know, there's like slight changes, but um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to, to describe, honestly. Well, your backside snap is also super strong. Uh, I don't see how you can do a backside snap in the river, can you? It's not really a backside snap because there is not really a lip. So you always have to do it before the lip. And that's also something that then I realized when I surfed the pool a lot, like the first session in the ocean on my backhand, I always mistime my turns. I do them way too early and don't go so critical just because I have to get used to, okay, I have a lip, I can attack the lip again. So in the, in the, in the pool, you really have to do all your turns underneath the lip. 
And what what how did that first backside snap feel when when you when you made it and you you you, you killed it? Um, give us that feeling. I think there was not really like a moment where I like suddenly could kill it. You know, it was more a process. I got more vertical, or you just like progress. But um, yeah, I mean, it's I find it more cool that when I already could do it in the ocean and then yeah perfectionize the one in the rapid you know like just do it better or do it similar to the one I do in the ocean so I feel like that motivated me more okay cool so now I can actually bring the ocean surfing into the rapid surfing which gave me a complete new feeling of of surfing in the pool these days are you surfing a wide variety of different boards or are all your setups kind of the same and kind of give us your philosophy on surfboards and surfboard shapes um so right now i surf different equipment and rapids in, in the ocean and the ocean i surf um envy boards and uh, my go-to board is like a five nine um right now in the pool i surf a five oh but i do believe with my power and just my size i think this is a board that is a little bit too small so I'm, the next time I'm in Germany, I'm trying like a five two five three. I know it's still super small, but in the rep, in the rapids you kind of surf smaller equipment because there's less space and the wave is super powerful. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying also to surf bigger boards in the rapids just to get more the feeling of of ocean surfing basically. And how do you feel about big wave surfing? That's something I haven't tapped in yet and probably will never tap in. I think it's a complete different sport. Um, you need a complete different preparation, setup, equipment. So yeah, I feel like the same way I see rapid surfing is a complete different discipline of surfing. I do see that with uh, big wave surfing as well. Do you kind of feel that uh, the same about longboarding? Yeah, kind of, for sure. I think longboarding, you have a complete different style of surfing, different ways. Um, so I also think it's a different discipline of surfing. And what, what are your passions outside of, of surfing? I mean, I already mentioned before, I really like content creating. It's my job, but I just genuinely like it. And um, I love taking photos and editing and stuff. So this is a passion, but I also really enjoy cooking and um, meeting friends, um, like something out of the water, basically. But um, in general, I like being outside. So I, I, I too view uh, content creation as, a, as an art unto itself. And, and um, who are your, your favorite artists in, in, the, in the canon of art history? A lot of, uh, there's a lot of great German artists. Is there anyone who uh, kind of has influenced you? Not really, to be honest. I mean, I, I do see some great videos that I recreate, or but it's just random people. But I feel like I want to do more or create my own thing and just don't really look at other people, just do what you feel good with. Um, so I'm also trying now to post on my social media more this content of rapid surfing and ocean surfing, like this combination to see that it's actually pretty like similar what you also mentioned before that it's basically the same turn so this is what i've been now posting a lot and it goes really well because i think people don't really know that it's that similar um, and i've been receiving a lot of positive messages in general i just try to do my own thing and um yeah do you have like a, a posting schedule or is there a science to to your um your methods or, or is it more uh, uh, of a art form where it's kind of how you feel um, just from the outside in you look very it's like you've, you I, again you've put a lot of thought into all, into everything so I, I'd like to know kind of your your system I don't really have a system the only thing I do every day is posting stories because that's just I want to keep my followers or my friends at home just a little bit updated of what I'm doing um, when it comes to postings, I know, for example, that right now Reels is the go-to thing, like you don't even have to post a picture, so I'm trying to post Reels, but um, I don't really have a schedule at all. I just, if I have something cool or an idea, I try to share it, but a lot of times it's also hard to always post something like every day or every three days because I feel like you need to be inspired to have ideas. Sometimes you, I'm just sitting there and thinking, what could I post next? I don't really have 
ideas so then I don't post because um, I just don't yeah I'm just not motivated but in general of course you need to be consistent and that's what I'm trying to do um, but no pressure like I just um, do what what I want and um, post when I want it, and you're, you're huge on TikTok I, I, I've checked out your TikTok page um, how, how do the two platforms, do you have a different method of, of dealing with them or do you kind of post the same thing across platforms and what, what's been your experience? Um, in the beginning, I just copy pasted the postings of, um, Instagram or my stories, like little surf clips with music and, um, put it on, um, TikTok. When I really grew my account on TikTok was this whole rapid surfing thing that blue TikTok, I think I had like 3 million views on one video and like multiple videos that went over a million. So that's when I grew my account. But I think TikTok works better, like videos um, that are not so professional. So phone videos, um, like a lot of sounds, um, raw. Um, and I think on Instagram, it's still very high quality content, um, nicely edited with a good camera and stuff. So I think this is the main difference have you gotten into uh, any youtube shorts yes i i mean i'm just posting youtube shorts um when i have videos that i posted on instagram um but mario told me it's actually like there's a few videos that are not that bad they didn't went so bad so i should maybe put a little bit more effort into youtube but it's a little bit hard to manage so many accounts um, and do them all like in the highest level i feel like instagram is already taking so much time that um i don't even know where to start <laughs> so you would say the instagram is kind of like the, the your go-to spot where you feel comfortable whereas the others you're kind of like working on it exactly instagram is my go-to platform this is also for my sponsors where i make my money with so instagram is my always my priority but TikTok became more and more also on my, uh, my list. Okay, you have to post more. And I, I really also try now to post a little bit more consistent. And this year is actually also the first year I have some uh, sponsors of mine that tap into TikTok that want me to be a little bit more active. So maybe you will see a little bit more content on TikTok of mine. And what, what are the sponsors looking for when they're calling you up? Uh, are they like saying, okay, it needs to be just like this? Or are they saying... What, what are they saying? Well, it's actually, they don't give me such a guideline. It's more, they trust me and they know my content and they basically ask me to do what I always do, which is good because I don't have to put like a face on um, or say that this product is good when I don't really like it. So I feel like it's very authentic. Um, but yeah, there's other short corporations where they really have a plan in mind and then you get a briefing also for stories, hey, um, this is the colors that we want to focus on, or this is the product. Um, so you kind of get a briefing, but they never tell me, okay, you have to do exactly this. Um, it's, it's more like in the surfing, I'm completely free and I have creativity on that. Yeah. I saw some of your stuff on, on the YouTube you you're doing some headphone spots. You had a, a watch spot. That was pretty cool. Um, is, is Mario shooting all those how, or is it different teams? Now, right now, Mario is doing all my social media um, content. And um, for example, with Volkswagen, the car brand I'm working with, he's actually also really doing project-wise now for their um, social media channel. So it's cool. Um, they also really like our setup. And um, yeah, it's cool that Mario can also profit then of my sponsors. And there's a good um, vibe between everyone. I think that's important that everyone gets along. So it's, it's pretty nice to see also him growing. Yeah, you guys have a great thing going on. It looks very synergetic. Uh, how are the waves looking tomorrow? Tomorrow it looks super small. I don't even know if I can surf. I'm going to check early mornings, but it's super small. It's not usual for winter here in the Canaries, but um, yeah, some days are like that. But next week looks promising. Do you do uh, any, and I guess any diving also? What, when it looks very clear. Um, well, actually, lately I've been not really diving, but um, we're just trying to do the stand-up paddling. I really like it. And even if the waves are super, super tiny, you can paddle with the stand-up in the waves or just cruise. So this is more something that I'm doing right now. Um, but hopefully tomorrow is some surf. Let's see. <laughs>
Are you seeing any sea life when you do this stand-up paddling? Yeah, we actually are seeing a lot. Um, there's some hammerhead sharks around that we've spotted, but in general, a lot of big fish. Um, but I think nothing dangerous. I think Canary Islands is, is super calm. Um, there's a lot of fish that the sharks can eat, so they don't have to eat the surface. <laughs> Well, Yania, th thank you so much for joining us. I have one final question. Um, what is the meaning of life? I think it's it's always enjoying every second. I feel like life um, is so unpredictable, so you never know. So I feel like every second, every surf, um, the time you spend with your family, you always have to enjoy it for the fullest. Um, so this is basically the motto I live. Just enjoy every moment and be grateful. Yanina Zeitler. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you've um, you've enlightened us all, and uh, we wish you the best best of luck. And we'll be we'll be checking all your content out going forward. So thank you very much for joining us uh, today on episode thirty seven, speaking from water. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>